Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo. In this episode, we got my good friend, Isaac Sawanga. Isaac Sawanga is a three-sport college athlete turned author, entrepreneur, educator, consultant, He's the author of How to Network in College. His company, Inform and Inspire, holds annual, daily, biweekly workshops um, for career development, personal development, and networking opportunities um, for colleges, high schools, and business companies. Um, where do I begin? This, this podcast was a lot to unpack. I've been meaning to do this podcast for the longest time, try to align it with um, the fact that school has just started. But Isaac Sawanga gives us plenty of gems that I think can apply to not only student athletes, professionals, business individuals, anyone that's trying to get involved in a different space. Um, he gives a lot of information. So enough of me talking. Make sure you tune into the episode. Um, you're going to love it. Hey, yo, money talk, save your breath, save your peace of mind. Deposit plus signs, they're not unwind. Words to the wise, don't gotta be suits and ties. We're living in a time where every move is scrutinized. At the elbow, I hit them with the bank shot. I just wanna check my bank account and thank God. Hey, yo, I think we got the same thought. We gon' get it all together for the raindrop. Yeah. Help me help you, sometimes you don't gotta go far to discover the truth Easy to get confused when all the faces are blue Pull up a chair, if it help I tell you what I would do Keep that thought process prudent And yo, staying in the moment while we living for the future Yeah, this is track meet for a frugal athlete Nothing more, nothing less, I need exactly Now, before we get started, I want to talk to you guys about an opportunity. If you're an athlete searching for the next chapter in your career, you need to be at the Tackle What's Next Summit. The summit is bringing together athletes and leaders in career development and more to provide resources to help you with the challenges of transitioning for life after sports. Their next event will be in D.C. on September 23rd, and we can get you there for less. Visit www.tacklewhatsnext.com summit and use the code FRUGAL to receive 15% off your ticket to attend. Once again, visit www.tacklewhatsnext.com summit and use the code FRUGAL to receive 15% off your ticket to attend. Hey, what's up, Isaac? Thank you for joining the podcast. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, how are you doing today? Amobi, I'm doing well, man. I, I, I'm excited to be on. This is, this is a conversation long time coming, man. Long time coming. Yeah, long time coming. And it's amazing because, uh, so backstory for the audience. Uh, I've known Isaac since like fifth grade. 
uh, we both come from similar backgrounds and uh, he's uh, been kind of like an older brother, older friend, older mentor, someone that's always pushed me. So it's, it's good to have him on team doing so many great things. Um, obviously, I know him, but I'd like to give you I'd like for you to give uh, like some backstory for the audience. Sure, man. Absolutely. Um, I guess I'll start where we connected, man. Sacramento native. Um, shout out to Jesuit High School. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Jesuit High School. Um, after Jesuit, um, went to Princeton University, uh, was a student athlete there, and absolutely enjoyed my time there. And I guess to kind of condense the story down, um, graduated from Princeton University and returned uh, to work in athletic administration. And that was kind of the beginning of, of, of my entrepreneurial journey in trying to help students uh, transition uh, out of college into the real world. Uh, and so went from college administration to um, eventually making the own jump, the, the jump on my own. And, and, and the entrepreneurial journey started with me writing my first book entitled How to Network in College. Uh, came out in December 2016, uh, and ever since then, started a uh, started a, a company entitled uh, Inform and Inspire. And essentially, what we do is we deliver motivational workshops and, and keynotes for high school, college, and corporate audiences. And been doing that for the last three years. Uh, love every every bit, every bump, every bruise, every success, every up, every down of the entrepreneurial journey, and. Uh, and that's kind of where we stand today. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, you're very humble. Uh, but we do plan on informing and inspiring this podcast. Um, but before we get... <laughs> I had, to, I I had to plug you in there. I had to plug you in there. <laughs> but before we dive into... It. Before we dive into your, you know, your business endeavors, uh, you kind of glossed over you, your time at Princeton. You were a sure. student athlete, but you were a three-sport student athlete. Can you talk about that and like how you were able to time manage being a three-sport athlete at an Ivy League school? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and I stay humble just because for whatever reason, you know, the people in my circle have always been incredible athletes, uh, yourself included. And I always, I always love to, to surround myself with people who, who push themselves in that way. Uh, but to give you the real, the honest answer, man, I come from a family of, of student athletes. Uh, brothers played uh, college and professional. My sister played soccer at the college and professional level. So and they're all older than me. So I always had examples and role models of 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 how you balance uh, competing on the field uh, and on the court and, and competing in the classroom. Uh, Princeton was an incredible experience. They call it the orange bubble. Uh, you know, go Tigers. And, and for me, you know, playing football and track and field was something that was natural for me, something that I did in high school at a, at a high level and, uh, and then had the opportunity. I always wanted to, to play basketball early on, but it was a bit difficult. So I ended up joining uh, the varsity basketball team my senior year at Princeton. Uh, and then when I graduated, they told me, you know, they're like, hey, man, you were the only person in the last uh, three decades to play three major division one sports at this school. 
And, and I remember them telling me that, and I'm like, thank you for that note, because I'm going to use that that sentence wherever I go, man. I'm, that's that's my highlight. <laughs> that's my intro. That's my intro statement, and I love it. So, uh, but in all honesty, it was an incredible experience to manage those things. I think for any student athlete, the, the idea is juggling your plate, right? Juggling multiple things yeah. uh, actually makes you more efficient, actually makes you more on top of things. And it allows you to challenge yourself. So I enjoyed it, man. I had, you know, from it, I, I took some incredible relationships. I mean, brotherhoods that I think will last the test of time. So that was the biggest part of, uh, of kind of why I challenged myself in that way. No, I think that's amazing. And you talk about, um, you know, athletes, you know, loving challenges. And I think that's what you did, you know, being able to excel at an Ivy League school and as well as play three sports. You know, that was a challenge for you. You surrounded yourself with excellence, um, with your older sibling and, you know, friends and other mentors. And you, you took it on as a challenge. And that's why athletes, I feel like, um, translate into other endeavors so well, because they can accept the challenge and uh, find a way to get it done. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's it's crazy as you get older and older and they and they talk about this idea that, uh, you know, any game that you play, whether it's a game, whether it's soccer, whether it's basketball or the game of life, it's 90 percent mental. Right. It's it's 90 percent your mindset. And uh, you see that as a quote for me. I've always seen that as a quote. But as you get older and older, you realize that's the real that's the real game of, of having the right mindset and attacking things. So it's translated for me well as an entrepreneur because you need a, you need a, a, a resilient mindset to, to stay alive and, and to thrive. Yeah. But and can, can you talk about your transition? You know, I feel <laughs> like, you know, the Ivy League students, you know, you guys have people coming to you after you graduate, like come here, mm. come here. And you ended up staying close mm. and uh, helping, help giving back, helping students that, you know, came through your situation. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I remember it like it was yesterday, and it's it's kind of a story that I tell. But graduation was June fourth, two thousand thirteen. It was a Tuesday, and uh, you know, there's a, there's the highs and the lows of of graduation, right? You're excited, you're transitioning to the next step. But for me, it was interesting because I graduated unemployed, right? So obviously, I was doing something wrong. There was something that was missing there. And uh, I remember a good friend of mine gave me a book and the book was titled Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And Keith in the book was talking all about this idea called networking. Now, I think most of us know what networking is, but applying, is, applying it to life is, is a completely different, uh, a completely different uh, aspect. And, and that was something that I never did as a college student. Uh, so the transition for me was understanding that was the biggest transition for me was understanding the power of the relationships of what I call social capital that a lot of athletes have and understanding how to use that to your advantage. And the only way you can use that is if you understand your North Star of where you're trying to go, what you're trying to build and what you're trying to do. So my transition after I read that book and ended up with uh, job offers from uh, wherever you name it, NCAA, Princeton University, JP Morgan. And I started to realize that this networking thing was real. Uh, for me, I'm someone who always thinks about the why behind things. So after that, I was like, you know what? If I can return back to Princeton and teach this networking thing, 
uh, I think this will be pretty cool. And that was, that was my mindset behind returning in athletic administration. No, that's amazing. You know, you, you found your purpose, it feels like, and it, it called you home. It called you to Princeton, or as you like to say, the, the, the orange bubble. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, so I, I've read your book. I breezed through it. Um, I, it was amazing. I wish I would have had it before um, I went to school. But can you talk about, you know, everyone's, you say, everyone's talks about networking and like, you know, um, building relationships. But in your book, you give actionable steps um, to do it. So can you talk about um, your book? Absolutely. Um, how to network in college. Uh, I wanted to create a readable, practical, uh, action-oriented book that allows young people um, to get a grasp of how important this skill set called networking is. Um, my idea was to break it down into 10 chapters and really give students um, advice and practical steps on how they should build relationships as they go through college, not just at the end when they're rushing to, to get the job, uh, you know, to make that next step. Uh, so the book is a lot about the detail of things. Uh, for example, uh, we go a little bit into personal branding and how, you know, in today's day and age, social media is incredible, right? This thing called mm -hmm. LinkedIn has absolutely blown up. Um, 500 million people across the globe who are ready, willing, and able to connect with you if you can connect and share your story in the right way. Uh, and I wanted to get into the details of, of telling, you know, for example, a student athlete who's, um, you know, who's excelling. I got one story for you that just pops to mind. There's a guy named uh, Jacob. Uh, so a couple months back this last year gave a presentation to Cal Berkeley student athletes. And there was a guy named Jacob who was a lineman on the team and we gave the how to network in college presentation and we talked about this idea of social capital and yeah. immediately after uh, about a couple months later, Jacob calls me back and tells me that he started a podcast, right? He was thinking about, oh, okay, social capital means I'm a football player on the Cal Berkeley golden bear team. Like how can I use where I am now to leverage these relationships? And so like yourself and like myself, he started a podcast and every week this coming year, he's going to drop a podcast episode with a young professional on the day on game day. And he's leveraging this to build his his uh, his network uh, within the Cal Bear community. So that's just one example of how uh, networking can be so vital to, to undergraduates if they understand where they are and, and how to take advantage. So I was excited to actually see a you know, a practical takeaway from, from the book. That's amazing. And that's a great story and a great uh, segue into what I was going to ask next, you know, as student athletes, you know, you talk about social capital, especially now, whether it's uh, specifically college football, college basketball, you know, you look at guys like Zion um, mm. that have even larger followings than professional athletes. Mm. Uh, Lou Aldank, who's used his college network to build a real estate portfolio outside of the NBA. That's right. How, how can a student athlete like just like use networking to their own benefit, you know, outside of, you know, like the job or just connections, things like that? 
Well, interesting enough, a, a couple of years back when you started a frugal athlete, man, I saw that and I said, man, this is one of the most genius ideas I've ever seen because it's a mindset that allows people to understand the social capital of what an athlete is. And when you talk about a student athlete on a campus, regardless of how big or small the school is, what you have to understand is when you're an athlete, a college athlete, you are naturally, you're not, you didn't choose to be, but you are the face of your university. You're literally the face. You are the walking face. People will go to see you. You are the, the energy. You are the, the camaraderie. Everything that alum uh, believe in, and when they come back to a school, when a UCLA Bruin goes back to their school, when a Cal Bear goes back to their school, when a Princeton Tiger goes back to their community, the first thing they do is oftentimes they'll go and see the sporting event, right? Every homecoming is around the sporting event. And that's where athletes have to begin to understand, okay, if I'm in this position, how can I now use who I am to make the connections? And, you know, Jacob was one example of a podcast. And I thought that was so brilliant because once you get someone on a podcast, and you put that out to the world, that relationship is pretty tight because that's a public relationship. Um, that's true. There's so, many, there's so many different ways to, uh, I think, to, to, to cut the pie for, for student athletes and to think creatively. But I think they're in such a unique position to just reach out, like just being on LinkedIn and reaching out to people who are literally alum of your school and letting them know who you are and that you wanted to have a 10 to 15 minute conversation about what it is they do and learn more like just being a student athlete and having that visibility is going to get you more yeses than no's and that in itself is is powerful i think no i, I really like how you pointed out like showing interest because you know as an athlete uh, whether student athlete professional athlete you know you have all the attention but when you can reverse that and actually show interest mm. then people are the, the, the relationship is getting that much stronger. That's right. And I know you talked about that in one of your motivational uh, workshops, you know, that, that, that relationship, you know, you know, and it's not necessarily 50, 50, it's a hundred, a hundred. Right. I love how you put that. That's, that's absolutely true. If, if you're someone who does have that attention and you're showing that interest, I love how you put it. It, it, it makes a hundred percent sense because now you're giving people an opportunity to invest in you and to share their story. And I, one of the things I believe wholeheartedly is if you give another individual, um, and this is for anyone, student athlete or not, if you give someone else, a stranger, the opportunity to share their story to you, right, by asking open-ended questions and, and being attentive in that way, um, you're building that connection and that's the that's the ground. That's the groundwork for networking. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so my question is: so for the student athlete, you know, I left school after my freshman year. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we got these one and dones. You got these guys leaving early. How can they network in the professional ranks? Is does it is it like the same criteria, or would it change based on you know different situations? I don't. You know what? In my in my humble opinion, I don't think it changes that much. I honestly believe when we're talking about networking, people have to remember that we're talking about human to human connection, 
right? So whether you're a professional athlete, whether you're a businessman, whether you're a CEO or whether you're a student, at the end of the day, you're a person, right? And, and good energy will meet good energy. So mm-hmm. like you said before, I think th- those principles of showing interest, uh, you know, showing your character, showing who you are. Uh, and the other thing that you know very well and I know very well is the power of social media in today's day and age. Um, I think the ability to uh, create your brand online so that people can learn about you before they meet you uh, is incredibly powerful. Um, I'm in situations now where I'm understanding that before I walk up and give a presentation, 75 to 80 percent of the crowd has knows me through my social media. Right. They've known me through the videos that they've seen, the posts that I put up and things of that nature. So then I have to think mindfully about how can I share bits and pieces of myself so that that networking could be easy, easier in the future. So to answer your question specifically, I think it doesn't change too much. I think uh, overthinking will get us in trouble here. I think the honest, the honest truth is. Uh, providing value up front, showing interest and allowing other people to share their story with you uh, can go a long way. No, I think that's amazing. And you touched on the human to human connection, talked on, touched on, you know, how powerful social media is, whether it's, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, showing interest. Um, but what I really want to talk about is, you know, telling your story. And you touched it on mm-hmm. earlier about, you know, how the, the Princeton staff said you were the, the first athlete in three decades to be, you know, the first three sport athlete, three, uh, three major right. sports and how you used it as your, as your story. And right. I feel like athlete, no matter what level you've gone, you could be LeBron James, you could be uh, Jake from Cal. It doesn't matter. Your story, your, your athlete's journey is similar to the hero's journey that everyone right. attracts and can you talk about how, how you actually you need to share that? Because you never know who you're applying, you know, who you're giving your attention to or who's latching on to your story. A hundred percent. I think storytelling is one of the most fundamental ways not only to connect with other people, uh, but to build relationships that can benefit you in the future. And it's funny because it doesn't matter if you're a company or you're a person. The first thing that people do, if you think about someone like Apple, right? And Steve Jobs is why, why was Apple, why did Apple make that boom when they made that boom? And you can think back to when Steve Jobs was telling the story of Apple, right? Of how he invented what he invented and the teamwork and all that behind it. And it's funny because you think of Apple and you think of a company, but somewhat, something that large went back to the fundamental principles of storytelling. So I think there's mm-hmm. something to learn from that for, for people. Um, I think storytelling, when you think about stories, is the first question that you have to answer is what makes your journey unique? Right. So huh. if you're a student athlete, uh, you know, maybe there you might be in situations where you're there are several student athletes. So then take it to the next level. What about your student-athlete experience was unique, right? And that's kind of the first question that could be asked that can put you on the journey of, of, of really telling a story that um, resonates and, and kind of sticks in the minds 
uh, of the people that you're talking to. No, thank you for that explanation. And I just think of it like from a business perspective, obviously this is a Google athlete podcast. So we're going to try to find ways uh, to help athletes, you know, um, you know, their, their money management or their financial playbook and speaking right. is something that you do. Uh, right. Obviously, and if you're good at it, it can be very lucrative. So can you talk about how athletes, you know, you talk about storytelling, you know, to talk about the speaking journey, telling their story and how it could, you know, be an additional source of, of revenue, you know, whether it's throughout their, uh, during their career or after their career, just dive into that. Absolutely. Um, it's funny for me, speaking came as a, uh, it wasn't something that I naturally gravitated towards, but it was something that happened. And then I found myself uh, kind of saying, this is the way I want to go. And, and you talk about student athletes and I think athletes in general, um, can be some of the most amazing um, speakers if they choose to do so because of the detail of their story uh, and the idea that sport is universal and the, the lessons and the stories that are inside of, of, of those experiences literally can transform other people's lives if told in the right way. Yeah. Right. And I don't if, want, if I don't go ahead, go ahead. I said, I didn't want to cut you off because you're being humble, but uh, let it be known that Isaac is a TEDx speaker, you know, so make sure you check him out. I just had to get that out there because he's not going to tell us if he did. <laughs> I had to cut you off. You know, he's done the TED Talks. He's done, you know, 20,000 people. He's <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. Um, no, I, you know, I think but the, to to your point, um, I think that those who have an athletic background, especially at the professional level like yourself, um, it's almost like a cheat sheet if you're to become a speaker, because the idea really is to use the experiences that you've gone through and tie it to something that's universal. So, for example, if you can think of, you know, and things that I and I'll give you an idea of what I I try to do is if you think of things like perseverance persistence, hard work, patience, anything that you can universally tie to any work that anyone does, you can physically show that through sport, right? That's so it's, it'd, be hard, it'd be hard for someone in a, in, a, in a nine to five job to really give you a clear picture and a visual of hard work and persistence. But Amobi Kugo, the soccer player, I see your sweat. You know what I'm saying? I know yeah. the work that you put in and the way in which you can tell that story um, can gravitate to um, audiences, whether it's little kids who need motivation or corporate, you know, sales teams who need that boost of energy. Um, so to really answer your question, man, if you're if you're an athlete thinking about that avenue, uh, I think the transition could be incredibly smooth and you come in uh, definitely with the with the head start. Yeah. And we're not going to get into, you know, financials, but let it be known, you know, speaking is a very, very lucrative right. uh, venture. You know, these companies have big dollars and they, they, they find ways to, you know, continue to motivate their employees, give them inspiration. And, you know, everyone loves the underdog story. Everyone loves the athlete's journey, the hero's journey, um, the sports journey, you know. So take advantage of that. Tell your story and uh, go far. Absolutely. 
but I, I, I want to bring it back to some, uh, I want to bring it back to networking real quick because, you know, that's your bread and butter. Uh, you, you, you spoke about, you know, how important it is, you know, how we can do it. But what are some etiquette practices when it comes to networking? Because, you know, I think there's an etiquette that goes behind networking, you know, uh, whether it's how to send an email, you know, what to do uh, when you take someone out for coffee or dinner. Because mm. I feel like I learned on the fly, like, I feel right. like, you know, when, when you when you meet, you know, esteemed professionals, they always want to pay for coffee. I don't know how to like pay to <laughs> offer like you know, some certain etiquettes that I, I want to ask you. <laughs> sure. No, that's a great question. I think it's uh you're definitely right. There's science behind everything. At the end of the day, uh I'll give you one for example that I think is um it might be common sense, but I don't know if it's common practice. So, so let's let's say you want to, uh, you know, either you're a young professional trying to figure out your way or you're a college undergrad um, still trying to network. Um, many times if you're reaching out via LinkedIn or an email, let's say, and it's a cold email. Um, what I found in my experience and, and, and for the mentees that I've worked with uh, personally is that asking for specific time uh, less than you think you would need usually gets the door open more than generality so if you're literally reaching out to someone new and you want to have a conversation in the summer uh, instead of asking them hey would love to to chat in the near future or would love some time to connect if you can come through and say do you have 10 to 15 minutes in the next two to three weeks to hop on the phone. I have about five or seven questions that I would love to ask you, especially if you're an undergraduate. Um, that usually gets met with, uh, specificity gets met with specificity. Like I have to answer that question, right? You came yeah. with so much, you came so prepared that there's no way <laughs> I'm ignoring that. Um, you know, on the other end, it's usually the generalities that kind of, you know, fall to the, to the wayside. So specificity is, I think, a number, a, a, a main key that I think we all know, but it takes some time to actually practice uh, that when you're reaching out to someone uh, completely cold. No, I think that's, that's a great, that's a great answer. And I think you touched on that in the book. Actually, I'm, I'm confident you did. Yes. Um, yeah. Yep. And it's, and it's, you know, when you, it's like, a, it's like when you take in, uh, a date to dinner you know if you give them two options they're gonna pick one if you give them the whole menu <laughs> yeah, you might be there for a while so that's right that's, that's, that's right that's so right i want to i want to flip it like because we talked about athletes networking reaching out but you know as sports business continues to grow there's people that want to connect with athletes they want to network with athletes or get in front of mm. athletes um is there like a different way to go about it you feel in terms of networking help me with the question so you're talking about businesses who want to connect with athletes yeah businesses uh different individuals so for example i'm using uh like demarcus cousins for example his manager happens mm -hmm. to be um one of his classmates at university of kentucky mm -hmm. so it's like mm -hmm. how can how can someone that wants to be like a sports manager or a, an agent you know connect to an athlete through your networking practices and uh, experiences? I think the, the, the thing that has worked for me best with networking, and in that situation, it, it might apply here, 
is uh, honestly, it's it's simple. It's producing content. It's producing content that shows your expertise or your experience. Because if I'm someone who, if my time is limited and you're reaching out to me uh, about a potential collaboration, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to check your credibility. I'm going to check who you are, who knows you, and what potential opportunities um, can come from this. Uh, and for me, when I used to reach out and there was, I had, uh, I'll just put it, I'll put it simply. Growing a brand helps networking tremendously. Because if people know you and, and what you've done and you've done it consistently over and over again. Now there's co- some consistency with who you are and I know who I'm, I'm speaking with. But if you have no brand behind you, if there's no consistent content about what you do and, and, and I have to dig to find, um, I'm going to be more reluctant to, to make that reach out. So I think the, the, the practical step here is, uh, is there a way that you can put out, produce or share, right? It doesn't always have to be your own content. Share things um, that let me know a little bit more about you before we have that uh, one-to-one connection. No, thank you for that. It essentially break, breaks down to being a value add and showing what you can do, you know, um, just, like, just like in sports, you know, show me what you can do. That's how I know right. if I'll play you or not. That's right. That's right. So, 100%. Uh, we really appreciate you for the time. Before we before we let you go, you know you're out here um, helping the next generation of athletes, student athletes, students in general. Um, really, uh, we want to thank you for your time. But where can we find you? Yes, sir. Um, Inform and Inspire is the is the brand. So uh, on Instagram at Inform A N D, uh, all spelled out, in, in Inspire. Uh, business-wise, check out a little bit more about what I do, um, www.isaacsarwanga.com. Um, that's one S, two A's. And last name is spelled S-E-R-W-A-N-G-A. Uh, Twitter, at Isaac Sarwanga. Uh, Facebook, all, all that good stuff. So it's the same, same handle everywhere. No, it's perfect. And we'll definitely have that in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we want to thank Isaac for his time. Uh, just a great individual. Uh, make sure you check him out too. You know, he's Ted talk, Ted speaker, um, does wonderful workshops, uh, not only from a motivational standpoint, but a networking standpoint, personal development, uh, career development, and he covers the whole spectrum. You know, we, we, we specify, you know, athletes here, but um, it can really translate to the common individual as well. Man, if I, if I can just end on this, man, I love what, uh, frugal athlete is all about and Moby love what you're doing man it's it's I'll tell you what it's inspiring to see young people from Sacramento grow up and and provide value in the work that they do and I think that's kind of where um, our paths cross so just as much as I try to inspire others man your journey's inspiring me so I appreciate you man thanks man I'm still waiting for volume two frugal athlete inform and inspire how to network in the professional ranks <laughs> Uh, have a good day, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Bye. Hey, yo. 
Money talk, save your breath, save your peace of mind Deposit plus signs, they not unwind Words to the wise, don't gotta be suits and ties We're living in the time where every move is scrutinized At the elbow, I hit them with the bank shot I just wanna check my bank account and thank God yeah. Hey yo, I think we got the same thought We gon' get it all together for the raindrop yeah. Help me help you, sometimes you don't gotta go far to discover the truth Easy to get confused when all the faces are blue Pull up a chair, if it help I tell you what I would do Keep that thought process prudent And yo, staying in the moment while we living for the future Yeah, it's a track meet for a frugal athlete Nothing more, nothing less, I need exactly One shoulder